0: Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at authenticoc.com. Thank you for listening. If you are uh, new to Authentic Church... Uh, Welcome, Like my wife said, you have found your place in a church that is Bible-based, spirit-empowered, and presence-driven. And we have a a simple vision here at Authentic Church and that this would be a place where every single person that walks in that door would have a moment where they encounter God, where they would discover community, and that every person would fulfill the call of God on their lives. And like my wife said, we are in week seven of a series that we've been doing, our summer series, on the Holy Spirit— and I'll be honest with you, we actually didn't start out to go this long. It's just the Holy Spirit just kind of keeps pushing down on the gas pedal and says, "Stay here and go." And so we just we just keep pressing down and staying in this lane, and we just keep going with the Holy Spirit. And so as we've gone on, we've dove deeper into the things of God. So if you if you recall, we began the series laying a doctrinal um, uh, foundation on the person of the Holy Spirit. So God creates, it says in Genesis one, God created man in his image, right? So God creates man in his image. And he says this, he says, let us create man in our image. So God says that in Genesis one, whether you're Jewish or whether you're Christian, everybody reads G- Genesis one and God gives you a glimpse in that little passage of scripture that God is more than just one person. Yes, he is one God, but He shows himself in three different areas. he God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God. So we began by laying the foundation of the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's really important that you understand the Holy Spirit as a person, because if you don't, you, you won't have a personal relationship with him. If you don't understand the Holy Spirit as a person, you won't have a personal relationship with him. So we unpacked that for a few weeks, and one of the big ideas that we shared was that when God created the heavens and the earth, he created the kingdom of heaven, and he created the earth, put man on the earth to take dominion over the earth, and it essentially kind of be like a little king over our own kingdom, that we would have rulership, that we would do things where we would have authority to do things by the will of God, and so he put placed us here and he is the king of all kings and he placed us here to have dominion but then man fumbles the ball satan picks it up and recovers he runs for what he thinks is going to be a touchdown gets tripped up jesus recovers the ball and away we go and our team wins and so when god creates the kingdom of heaven he created the earth and the king put the Holy Spirit, gave us the Holy Spirit as a bit of the governor, if you will, over the colony, the territory of the earth. And so God sends the Holy Spirit like a governor to not learn the ways of the people on earth and bring that to the kingdom. No, but to bring the ways of the kingdom to the earth. And so Jesus, he didn't come to start a religion. Jesus really came to reestablish the government of the kingdom of heaven right? Isaiah 9, 6, the government would be upon his shoulders. That's a a messianic prophecy prophecy from Isaiah that's on every Christmas card. And so Jesus brings the government of the kingdom of heaven, and then the governor, the Holy Spirit, is sent to help you and I as believers to then bring about the kingdom of heaven, that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. And so we started that by talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and we dove into the the different baptism We talked about the three baptisms that you see in the New Testament. The first baptism is salvation. You're baptized into the church. And in that baptism, the Holy Spirit is the one who draws you and baptizes you now into the body of believers. So you are in darkness, and he snatches you out of the kingdom of darkness, and he baptizes you in the family of God. That's why it's so cool. You can meet friends from all over the world. You can meet friends from South Africa, like my new friends here in the other row. You can meet friends from all over the world. And if you're a believer, there's something that that draws us together. Why? Because you've been baptized into the family of God by the Holy Spirit. And then when you're saved, then a disciple baptizes you in water. But then Jesus is the one who baptizes you In the Holy Spirit. So we talked about that. We talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and the spirit of prophecy. Revelation talks about how the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So when there's prophecy in the room, you know Jesus is in the room. A lot of times I'll pray in the spirit. And as I'm praying in the spirit, I'll get a picture in my head and I'll share that picture in my head with whoever I might be praying with or praying for. And that's a prophetic picture that speaks to their heart for what they're going on. It doesn't necessarily make sense in my mind, but as I share that prophetic picture with them, then suddenly they get a download of the realization of the realness of God and his love for them in that moment. So again, God's got one kingdom and his kingdom there will be no end. I read this week that uh, that China has started a ten year project i don 't know if you 've heard about this, but uh, real news just had news source just launched it uh, last week but uh, that China launched a ten year project to rewrite the Bible and other um, uh, religious books in their, their terminology. So they're rewriting the Bible, they're rewriting the Quran and, and others. And in the Bible, what they're doing is they're rewriting it to make it available uh, to the people of China, but they're changing it to fit their narrative. So, for instance, one of the, one of the famous passages of scripture that got leaked, um, uh, I think it was last year, or the year before, it was, there was a class that they were being taught. And in the class they were being taught, they were teaching them about Christianity and they shared the story of Jesus where, remember the, the woman that's caught in adultery and they drag her out. And then Jesus stands up and he says, hey, hold on. He who is without sin, you can cast the first stone. And they all drop their stones and walk away, right? We know that passage of scripture. Well, in the new version that China's writing, actually, Jesus is the one that picks up the stone and stones her first. So that's what's happening. So there's a kingdom of heaven, and there's also a kingdom of darkness. And God exists... In one reality, but has two realms. So with God, there's one reality, but there's two realms. There's the spiritual and the physical. There's the unseen and the seen. You and I get to be citizens of both realms. And our job is to help take territory, expand that, and bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth and go to the ends of the world, even into China. Go to the ends of the world and bring this gospel of the kingdom in Jesus' name. All right, so when we've been talking about the Holy Spirit... Uh, we went through the last few weeks. We've been talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and we spent a lot of time in the book of Acts. And if you, if you, if you weren't with us on, uh, the last few weeks, I would encourage you, if you want to dive into some of the deep doctrinal aspects of the Holy Spirit, go back. You can listen to it or watch it online, uh, podcast, YouTube, et cetera. You can go back to and review it. But when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, they were baptized and it was so, significant that when when Jesus told them before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he told them, I want you to stay in Jerusalem and I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit. So they wait And then when the Holy Spirit comes, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They start speaking in other tongues. And from that moment, they figured that was what Jesus was talking about. So they never went back to the prayer room to sit there and wait longer. They're like, okay, this is what Jesus shared. Now we're going to go. So they were, they were, they were in, they were clothed with power from on high. They were in the Holy Spirit. So they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then they and then they go and in that experience, then throughout the Book of Acts and in and throughout the New Testament, then you see the term, you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit fell on them or you they filled them, they received the Holy Spirit. From that time forward, when they talked about the Holy Spirit and receiving and being filled and being baptized, it all goes back. Basically, there were different terms. For the same experience, so the experience of Pentecost Sunday, those were the same terms that they were utilizing. They were just explaining it in their own way. So I was like, you know, we were in Hawaii last week, and, and I got a buddy of mine that's a surfer, and and I'm not a surfer. Um, I, I don't pretend to be one. Uh, but when I'm out there and I look at the waves, I'm like, man, that looks like a great wave. And he's like, oh no, man, that's not a. That's like a shore break wave. And it's like, oh, okay. And uh, he's like, that—that's more. That's a washing machine. You don't want that wave, okay? Uh, oh, that's a nice. That's a pipeline. You want that? That's that's that's. There's some good. And they have all these. The surfers have all these different terminology to describe the different waves, okay? The, the, there's, there's, there's different ways that we see different terms that were adopted by the by the early believers that described what they experienced. And just like you and I might have a different way to describe what a wave looks like that we're gonna try to catch surfing, they, they had different ways that they described the Holy Spirit. So in there's seven key descriptions for the same experience. One is they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like like man, I remember when I was water baptized as a dis, by the disciple. Man, I felt like I was just water baptized in the Spirit of God. So they said I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Another one, they were filled. It's like I, I felt empty. But man, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came on me and it's like I, I, was, I was full. Like, like you know that feeling when you're thirsty. Suddenly I wasn't thirsty anymore. Uh, another way they described it is they received the Holy Spirit. Like man, it was just like I, suddenly he walked in the room and just like gave me a gift, and it was his presence, and suddenly I, I just received the Holy Spirit. They, they said in another, another place, they said the Holy Spirit fell on them. This was in Acts chapter 10. Peter's preaching to Cornelius in the house, and as he's preaching, it says the Holy Spirit fell on them. And, and it's not like fall, like, you know, like a, you know, like a, you know, a, a dish fell off the counter and broke on the floor. It's not that kind of fall. It's like, it's like when a dad comes in the room and he falls on his kids and grabs them and rolls around in the ground and just fell on them. You know, the Holy Spirit just fell on them. Another way is, is that the Holy Spirit came upon. It's like all of a sudden I'm, I'm there and then, whoa, the Holy Spirit just came upon. I, the Holy Spirit came in the room. The Holy Spirit was poured out. Another, another way that they described it is the Holy Spirit just rested. Like I'd seen, I'd seen experiences, I've read encounters where the Holy Spirit seemed to come and go throughout the Old Testament, but man, in this moment, He just came and He, he rested. He rested upon me. He filled the place where they were at. So I'm going to pray as we dive into the Word of God today. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit's just going to fall, that He's going to be poured out, that He's going to rest on us in this room. Let's pray together and then we'll dive into the word. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. We just receive your Holy Spirit this morning. We ask you, Holy Spirit, come, fill us, baptize us, be poured out, fall in this place, rest on us. We just want more of you. We want more of you, God. Holy Spirit, come, have your way. Breathe on the words today. Breathe on the word of God today. Let it take root in our hearts and our minds. God, would you baptize us, set us on fire for the things of you, God. We don't want stale religion. No, we want an on-fire, burning, passionate relationship with you. So, God, I pray for an encounter with you today that marks us. God, I pray, Father, for every single person here that we would be marked by your presence today. Give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, minds that understand, and hearts to believe you. At your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And this is Paul. He's writing to the Corinthian church. And if you read the whole, the whole book of 1 Corinthians and the whole book of 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul, Paul brings a rebuke. He sets things in order. Uh, it's kind of like a, a dad that walks in the room and it's like, you know, the, the boys know, oh man, dad's in the house. We, we know what we did wrong and he's coming to set things right. Like there, there's the fatherly anointing that Paul comes and he says, all right, I'm going to establish some things. And so he shares with them throughout the book of 1 Corinthians primarily, and he gets to chapter 14, and he be- begins to share with them order. He begins to share with them things about the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to read verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to jump down to verse 39, and then we're going we're to teach a little bit from the subject of how to live in the flow of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love. And earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one, speaks, for, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater. It's not greater in terms of importance. it's, It's greater in terms of the person. It's just greater in terms of the importance that that gift has in the gathering when they meet together He says, so the one who prophesies is greater. It's it's more important that we hear from you than the one who is speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. Now, if you jump down to verse 39, chapter 14, he says, so my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy. Everybody say, earnestly desire. Earnestly desire to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. The title of my message today is How to Live in the Flow of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said that in the last days there's going to be two contending spirits, he says in uh, Luke twenty-one twenty-six. he says, the people will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. So you see this spirit of terror. And I don't know about you, but over the last few years, we have seen a spirit of terror like I've never seen hit the earth. There's a spirit of fear. But good news is, we don't live by that spirit. We, we not we don't receive that spirit. For God, 2 Timothy one seven. For God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. How do you get that? How do you get that power, that love, and the sound mind? The way that you get that is through the Holy Spirit. So the two contending spirits: you have the spirit of fear, but you have the Holy Spirit as a believer. You have the Holy Spirit in your life. So how do you live in the flow of the Holy Spirit? This, this is what I want to share. This is going to be a very practical, applicable teaching that you can apply today, this week, and next year, and 10 years from now. To me, this is such an applicable teaching that it's something that you can blow the dust off the archives 20 years from now. And according to the scripture, here's some good basic principles for living a life that is just in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Don't you want that life? I That's the life I want. Like my, my wife and I, we were talking this week, we were spending a lot of time journaling and, and writing and praying and just being in God's presence. And one of the things that I've implemented in my life is not to necessarily make a list of to-dos, like all these tasks and goals and everything. And trust me, I am a very to-do list oriented guy. Anybody that knows me knows that I have tasks like my calendar. I take my to-do list and I put it into my calendar, and that becomes 15-minute blocks of things that I will do and accomplish, right? So I'm a very much an oriented guy. But rather than just doing that, isn't making a list of to-dos, but making a list of the, the man I want to be. And also making a list of, like, this is the man I don't want to be. Like, I'm a man that's not easily angered. Man, I'm a man that's gracious and kind and loving. I'm a man who's generous. I'm, I'm a man who's full of wisdom. I'm not going to make stupid emotional decisions today. I'm a man who puts puts his family first. Like, making a list of those things, and then making a list of the man I'm not going to be, and then at the end of the day, take stock. Hey, how did I do today? Was I the man that I wanted to be, or is I kind of the man that I didn't want to be? Okay, let's tweak and change some things tomorrow. So how do you live in the f- flow of the Holy Spirit? So I'm going to give you three simple keys, three simple reminders to living in the flow. Number one, pray in the Holy Spirit daily. If you're taking notes, write that down. Pray in the Holy Spirit daily. Daily praying in the Holy Spirit. Jesus had a habit that when he would wake up in the morning, he would go out to a place alone, and he would pray, and he would get instructions from heaven, and then he'd go. So as a disciple... Like you didn't know what you were signing up for. We don't read in the scriptures and see that Jesus had this mapped out itinerary that he was marching on. Uh, we we just see that he would pray and then they would go. And even when emergencies would arrive, like Jesus, like Lazarus is dead, he wouldn't like respond to the emergency. You go, okay, I, I'm doing this though right now. I'll get to that. Don't you worry, I'll get to that. And I'm gonna actually use that to show you my power, that I am God. So I'm gonna let him sit there, and in three days, he's gonna rise from the dead, and that's gonna point to you what I'm going to do on the cross. In the three days, I'm gonna rise from the dead. So Jesus was never in a hurry. Now, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, what it does, it sucks the hurry out of your life. It's, it sucks the hurry out where you're, you're in a hurry and you're, you're wondering, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to go? And you got all these things going on. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you begin to get the mind of God. When you have the mind of Christ, you make divine decisions. There's so much power in praying in the Holy Spirit. So number one, living in the flow of the Holy Spirit, the number one key is to pray in the Holy Spirit. Psalms 5, verse 3, and I, I love, this is one of my favorite scriptures to read when I enter into prayer. This is one of my favorites on, on morning prayer time. Psalms 5, verse 3 in the Passion Translation, I love how it says it here. It says, at each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. Isn't that just so beautiful? I wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. Sometimes we can get into too much of a a quickness, a quick rhythm. I got to get here. I got to do that. And we don't spend time waiting for the fire to fall upon our hearts. And for me personally, the way that I, I had to change things up in my life, especially when Fawn's, Fawn and I started having all of our kids. Was I just had to get up earlier than them? Like I, like I had to beat, I had to, I had to beat them to the punch, man. Because if I waited until the kids were awake, I'm like, I'm getting punched, you know? Like, you know, like life just took over. Stuff happened, dirty diapers. Oh no, a blowout, and things spilled, and we got to clean. And if I waited until the rest of the house was awake. Like I would miss, I had a window of opportunity, man. And so I just started getting into habit of waking up early. And that scripture, man, Lord, I, I get up early. I'm gonna, I'm, every sunrise, you're gonna hear my voice. And there's gonna be a sacrifice of prayer. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna, I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And I just begin to pray in the spirit. And I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar. And I pray, and I pray until the fire falls. When was the last time you just prayed until the fire of God fell in your heart? I'm telling you, it's one of the most beautiful moments when you're praying, when you're alone, and then all of a sudden it's like you realize he just walked in the room. (laughs) Like the words I'm praying aren't just words anymore, Like I'm communicating with God. I'm communicating with the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit shows up and his fire falls upon my life. You know, the sin of presumption is thinking that we know what God is saying without actually listening to him. We think we know what God is saying without listening because we know the word, right? If you're a seasoned Christian, well, I know the word. I know the will of God. I, I know what God wants to say. And so we presume certain things rather than just sitting there in wonderment, saying, Lord, would you let your fire just fall on me today? Show me things. Help me earnestly desire, like we just read in First Corinthians 14. Help, I want to earnestly desire your, your Holy Spirit today. Will you help me? Help me, Holy Spirit. And then you just, at some point, you run out of words to say, and you just begin to pray in the Spirit. You just begin to pray in tongues. And as you do, his fire begins to fall. His Spirit comes and fills you. Like the book of Acts, the fire of the Holy Spirit needs to fall on your house and consume your heart before it's going to go to your neighbors. Some people get all excited, like, I want to go share my faith with my neighbors, or I want to go do this. that Great. There's a pattern in the Bible that you see. The fire of the Holy Spirit fell in the house, the upper room where they were praying, and then on the believers, and then they went. If we spend more time waiting for the fire of the fall and spending time in the presence of God in our house letting it fall and transform us, we are going to be a transformed vessel then that has something to give to our neighbors. And we're going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to feel motivated to pray for that person. You're going to break through any fear that you have when you feel that sense where God's like knocking in your heart. Go pray for that man over there. Ooh, oh, okay, God, I'm going to go. You're going to break through that fear. Why? Because you spent time praying in the Holy Spirit. So you're filled with boldness from the fire of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to say yes rather than say no when those opportunities arrive. So praying in the Spirit leads to seeing in the Spirit. Seeing in the Spirit leads to walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit leads to transformed lives. Jude one twenty says, Beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up, stir yourself up, encourage yourself in the Lord. How do you stay encouraged in the Lord? How do you keep that peace of mind? How do you live in the flow of the Holy Spirit? You live in the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life by praying in the Holy Spirit. So number one, invite the Holy Spirit into your life daily, pray in the Holy Spirit. Number two, this is really, really key You got to clothe yourself in love. Don't walk around like a naked religious Christian. (laughs) Take time to clothe yourself in love. Love's the glue that holds all the gifts together. Colossians 3.14 says this. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect love harmony. Love binds us together. It, 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 it creates a sense of unity. Anytime there's disunity, there's a lack of love. When there's disunity in a marriage, there's a lack of love. There's something that's off there. Where, where You turned your love off. You turned your love off for your spouse. You need to turn your love back on. By the way, it's hard to turn your love on for another person if your love hasn't been turned on between you and God. Love binds us. It holds us together, it protects, it creates that sense of unity. Love is that the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5:22 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So Paul's saying he's saying there's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but then in Corinthians he's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So there's the fruit That that takes time to grow in our lives. Like you just don't automatically have all that fruit available to you. But the more that you spend time praying, the more that you spend time living in the flow of the Holy Spirit, the more that you spend time with God, you catch his mind, you catch his heart, you catch his love. And, And that fruit begins to produce in your life. Now, there's also the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I find it super interesting, and I've said this before, but there's nine fruits of the Holy Spirit that he, that he just shared, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's nine fruits, but there's also nine gifts, primary gifts. There's nine primary gifts of the Holy Spirit that Paul talks about. The reason that I think that that's interesting is because if you don't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will not have the character to steward the gift on your life. And there's too many Christians that had amazing gifting, amazing talent, but man, they didn't take time with the Holy Spirit. They got away from their first love. They got busy. They stopped living in the flow. They stopped living from the fountain that was feeding them, and they started relying on what they knew and what they experienced rather than the word of God and spending time in his presence, and their character began to crumble. And then what was once a private sin now came out public because God loves you enough that he's not going to let you lead so many people down the path where it's going to ruin them as well. So at a certain time, he says, son, enough is enough. And that private sin that they held on to then became public for everybody to see. And they went down in humiliation because God gave them so many chances to repent. He always provides a way of escape. But when you don't listen to that, then a public fall happens. Man, we don't need any more public fails in Christianity. We need more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, giftedness gets recognized. It's easy to see somebody's gifting. It's easy when I see somebody like Isaac playing the guitar, you're like, man, that's, how does he pick that and sing at the same time and he's playing? The, you know, How does he do that? How, how does Kara play all those different notes and sing harmonies and the melody? Like what is going on in her brain? That's incredible gifting. That's talent. That's from God. It's harder to see somebody's fruit. Fruit takes time. Fruit takes time. It takes time to produce the fruit in our lives. So here at Authentic Church, we like to say, you know, we value relationship over ministry. We value his presence over performance. We, we long, that, you know, in Thessalonians, Paul writes and he tells the Thessalonians, he goes, hey, you guys, you need to know them that labor among you. Like, do you need to have a relationship? Get to know, you want to see them. You want to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't let the gifting take you somewhere your character can't keep you. So Jesus, he summarizes the 10 commandments of the law and the prophets in Mark 12. He's he's teaching the scriptures and then one of the teachers of the law comes and asks Jesus about the commandments. He says, what's the most important part? In Mark 12, verse 30, Jesus says this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment that's greater than these. It, when when you exercise uh, when you exercise your gifting that, that's on you that you begin, you're not doing it if, when, if you're not doing it from a place of sincere love like Jesus is saying loving God and then loving people if you're not doing it from that place you begin to self promote and then you end up falling into the same thing that Lucifer fell into. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 2, Paul says this. He said, If I speak of the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but if I do not have love, I am nothing. Man, I've met some people that were some of the most brilliant teachers. I've met people that were so naturally gifted by God that it just like blew my mind. Some people that could communicate the word of God in such a way where I was just like almost spellbound. I was like, wow, I never saw that, never thought of that before. But you know what? The saying is true. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And Paul's saying... In, 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 in I'm going to paraphrase it for you. Paul's saying, don't let your life become a gong show. <laughs> like, you're just going to become a clanging cymbal. If you don't have love, your life is a gong show. And I met some of those people and you have too that were, man, they're incredible teachers. Man, it seems like they love God, but man, there's something that's off there. There's, there's a lack of health there and their life is a gong show. And there, there's this, there's this trail of bodies that they've laid past behind them that they do not have any relationships with people in the body of Christ. They don't have any relationships with any leaders, any pastors, any church tr- because their, their life is a gong show because they were operating from a place of gifting and not relying on the fruit of the Holy Spirit when they needed to. They relied more on their gifting. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. So number one, living in the flow of the Holy Spirit, you pray in the Holy Spirit daily. Number two, love must be our motivation. Clothe yourself in love. If, if you don't have love in your heart when you get come out of your prayer closet, go back in and put that robe on. Clothe yourself in love. And number three, the third key to living in the flow of the Holy Spirit, I believe, is that you would be a river and not a pond <laughs> be a river not a pond river, ponds it may look like water it may taste like water but it's full of bacteria that you don't see right you don't want to drink water from a bacteria filled pond you want you want to you want to drink water from a river jesus said in john 7:38 he said he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, rivers of living water. You know that the Christian life is not a boring life. I used to think that man Christians were boring. Like growing up, yeah, I was I was raised Catholic and and it was very boring. Okay, like there was a lot of times in Mass you are like, "Are we done yet?" I'm hungry, and Mass was only an hour. Like maybe like you were exiting the parking lot within an hour. You know, and, but but there were some things that I looked at when I thought of Christians. I just seemed like man, it seems so boring. And man, when I became a Christian, it is the furthest th- boring. That's the furthest thing that the Christian life is. It is the most adventurous joy-filled life it is the wildest ride I've ever been on like the things that God has told us to do that we said yes to and I look back and I'm like what in the world are we doing you know <laughs> like it is, a, it is a joy-filled wild adventurous life it is like going down a rushing river is, is it risky at times oh yeah is it scary at times yeah it is There's a lot of times planting authentic church that my wife and I were like, we're really doing this? (laughs) We really left a business in Texas? Like we're moving to California. I thought everybody goes the other way. (laughs) Yeah, it was a wild ride. Is there times where I've battled fear with finances? Yeah, I have. Is there a time where I've gotten to the end of the month and it seemed like I had more month than I had money? Oh, nope. yeah, I've been in those months. I've had those times. But God comes through, He provides a way, He is faithful, He is always faithful. And I don't live by what I see. I live based on what I know in the Word of God, and that faith rises up inside of you. Paul referred to his life as a drink offering in Philippians 2:17. He says this. He said, "Even if I'm poor, if I'm to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all." He likens his life. You know what? I'm pouring out. No, I'm a river, not a pond. Like I'm not just going to be some, you know, 400 pound Christian that can quote all these verses and the scriptures. Oh, you know the Bible says? The Bible says? The Bible says? Yeah, that's great. What did you do with it? Like I have this person that I love so dearly, and and he sends me scriptures and encouraging scriptures every day. And I I, I confronted him one day, and I said, Hey. man, I I love that you send these to me. Can I ask you something? Do you ever send these to anybody that's not a Christian? And I lovingly challenged him like, man, I love that you do this, but if you think like this is your only source of ministry, brother, you got to get off the couch and get out of your house. Like more people need the love that you have in your heart, the kindness that you have. We need more of you out there. Like, like, I want to, I want to, I'm trying to lovingly encourage him to motivate him to good works as it says in the Bible. God cannot steer a parked car. Some people are like, I'm here, Jesus, whatever you want to do with my life. And they don't do anything. But you know what I found with God he will take the simple one the 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 one that confuses like which scripture is which address you know like like somebody said well you know you know in the book of hezekiah no no bro that's it's not that wrong scripture that's, that's there's no there's no book of hezekiah like like wrong scripture you know well you know the book of of, of general gen, of, of revelation you know it's like no bro it's genesis and revelation you know like you know the, god will take the guy that's screwing up the scriptures and where it is that has the right heart and God can work with that he's like let me train him let me help you let me send you to a DTS in Kona Hawaii I'm gonna train you up I got this like let me send you to the kids camp let me send you let me send you some training and some messages online God can work with the one who just says yes like I'm telling you he he all he wants is your yes And he wants us to be rivers, not ponds. Like, there's so, so much gold. I look around this room and I see all the different people. And one of the best things of being the pastor of the church is that I get to sit on the front lines and I know your story and your story and your story and your story. And I hear, and man, I'm like, you have so much gold inside of you. And I want to lovingly push you out there into the world. I want to be the eagle that kicks you out of the nest and says, fly, baby, fly. Like God has something in and on your life that is a blessing to this world. Don't squander it. Don't be the person that took their talent and buried it and be like, well, God, I lived for you. I went to church. I raised a good family. No, you got gold that he's given. He's placed in your hands, gifts, talents, abilities. He wants you to use that to make an impact on the kingdom. Man, I could preach on that. <laughs> I want to encourage you to offer to pray for people. I, I, I know what that's like. I remember somebody challenged me like, hey, let's go pray for people. And I'm like, brother, you're doing the praying because I am not praying for people in public. Like, this scares me. And I had somebody that brought me alongside and we went out and we just started praying for people. And I watched this guy do it and I was like, you're like a master at this. <laughs> like, You know, I feel like if I go up and start talking, I get like, you know, cotton mouth and suddenly my voice starts to change, you know. But this guy walks up and he's just like, hey, how you doing? And he took a sincere interest in them. And then he started asking them about their life. And before you knew it, like the people accept Jesus. And I'm like, that's that's awesome. But man, that scares me, right? What if you just offer to pray for somebody? So one of the things that I try to do, and I don't, I don't do it every day, but one of my goals every day is that I am a man who prays for people. And so I try every day to pray for a stranger. I tell you what, man, if you ask to pray for somebody every single day, It's going to knock the pride out of you (laughs) because you're going to be like, Jesus, I don't know what to say to this person. Help me. Right. Humble. You're going to be humbled. You know, you're going to have a sense of humility because you're like, I'm committing, Lord. I'm going to make myself available to pray for somebody. Will Will you speak to me? Will you speak through me? I want to encourage us to pray for people. be a river, not a pond. James 2:17 says this, I love the book of James. This is Jesus' little brother. James says this. He says, "So faith by itself it does, if it does not have any works, attached to it is dead. But someone will say, "Well, you have faith, that's awesome, and I have works." Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You're not saved by your works. No, you're saved by the grace of Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross for you. You're not saved by that, but the salvation that you've received, that you've experienced, the encounters that you had should help to lead people in that transformation. And in my heartbeat as we've been going through this series on the Holy Spirit, like no secret, I'm praying that you have an insatiable hunger for the things of God. When you hunger, when you're really hungry, when you, like we read earlier, when you earnestly desire something, it's amazing how God meets hunger. Like, when was the last time you earnestly desired something? I remember being really, really thirsty last week. Man, I was so thirsty. I just needed a drop of water. Man, like, I I earnestly desired it earnestly desire when was the last time you earnestly desired something in god it's and it's not a rebuke i'm just asking like you know just take stock scale of 1 to 10 earnestly desired something 7 five, three, 10 whatever it might be right what is the last time you earnestly desired the things of god he says to earnestly desire the gifts of the holy spirit especially that you may prophesy when you prophesy we're all blessed when you pray in tongues you're edified you're blessed Be a river, not a pond. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as our helper. He helps us to be a river. John 14, 26, he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's gonna teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as your helper, that he's gonna teach you and lead you in all things and the things that I told you. What's all things? It's not just the spiritual things. It's actually he's going to teach you all things. Like he's going to help you men. He's going to help you live pure. He's going to teach you how to live pure. When he says I'm going to teach you all things and you get married, he says I'm going to teach you how to be a husband. I'm I'm going to be the, yeah, go get counsel from other pastors and leaders. That's awesome. And you're going to need that. But you know what? I'm I'm going to help you because I know exactly what your wife needs right now. So I'm going to help you be an incredible husband. When when you're in your career path and you're like, what do I do? I don't know if I go here and take this line or if I go there and take this line. I don't know what to do. He's like, I'm going to counsel you. I'm going to teach you all things. I'm going to lead you down that path. When you're wondering how to play an instrument. I remember when I got saved and, and I had a, had a desire, had a little bit of a knack for music and singing and stuff. And, and I really, really wanted to play the guitar. Like I wanted to play the guitar so bad. I saw a dude play the guitar and I'm like, man, that must be amazing to just sit down and be able to pick a guitar up and just play. Like, I'm like, That's awesome. And so I got a guitar, a $100 guitar at a garage sale. It was such a crappy guitar. Like, it's the worst. Like, the, the 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 strings, Megan, the strings were like that high off the fretboard. Your My fingers were like bleeding trying to hold it down, right? Horrible guitar to learn on. But I, I'm, I'm like, I have no idea. I have no frame of reference. And I did not get the counsel of wise people that knew how to play guitar. No, I just went out and bought one. So I went out and bought this guitar. And I would pray. And I began to pray in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, I kid you not, with no lessons, begin to train and teach me how to play guitar, I would hear something, suddenly I'd be able to play it. It was the most wild thing, man. And then I remember I saw somebody pick a guitar and just kind of pick through it, and I was like dude, that is the coolest thing. I wonder if I could try to do that. And I would sit there and practice and practice. And I literally turned into like a two-year-old throwing a fit with my guitar, getting mad and angry because I could not get it down to play and pick through the guitar. And I remember getting so upset. And then I'm like, okay, this is not God. And I begin to pray and I prayed in the Holy Spirit and I just took a deep breath and I just asked the Holy Spirit to help me. And it was like this supernatural moment. I kid you not, all of a sudden I just began to play this picking pattern on the guitar. And it's one of the only picking patterns I can still play to this day. But I just suddenly could pick through it. And then I could pick through it and I could sing through it. How does that happen? That's the Holy Spirit. Like, he he's the helper. He's referred to as a Paracletus. Uh, the Holy Spirit there, when it says the helper, it's actually Paracletus. It, it, the definition of it is a helper who comes alongside, especially called to one's aid, one who pleads another's cause before a judge, counsel, or defense, a legal assistant, an advocate, an intercessor, a comforter. Stephen, come up here, and you can help me with this visual really quick. Everybody, Stephen? Stephen, everybody? Okay, so Stephen's going to help me. So Stephen is, he's, he's going about it on his own. And, and the whole, when he invites the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes alongside of him and grabs him by the arm and is like this. And just like it says there, he's the helper who comes alongside. And so Stephen faces a challenge. He says, I don't know what to do at work. I have this going on. And, and he begins to ask. And then I tell him, Stephen, this is what you're going to do. This is going to be the answer. I'm going to give you such a brilliant idea. It's it's going to it's going to blow the minds of the scientific community. It's just going to. Stephen's a scientist. He's literally like, like the smartest guy in the room. So you wonder who's the smartest guy in the room? Stephen. (laughs) So the, the Holy Spirit says, "I'm going to help you with that." And, and then you walk along, and at times you may walk into situations where suddenly Stephen is in a, a, a situation where he doesn't know what to say. He's walking into a room, there's people that he is respected and admired in his field and his practice, etc. He's like, I don't know what to say, and the Holy Spirit's like, I got this. Now the Holy Spirit's going to speak for you. It's literally like the, the paracletus is like if you're going to a trial... And, and the paracletus, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, is, is the one that's going to represent you. So you're a client, and he says, okay, don't answer that. Let me, hold on. Okay, this is what you're going to say. Okay, now speak. Now my client can speak. That's literally the picture of the Holy Spirit as the helper, according to the definition that Jesus gave. He, he wants to come alongside of you. You're raising your babies, you don't know what to do. The Paracletus comes us alongside. He says, Okay, I'm gonna help you with that one. I know, that's hard. They're challenging. I know, it's because they're a leader. <laughs> they're a leader. That's why they're so challenging, okay? But we're gonna help to get them right. He comes alongside of you, He wants to help you. Give it up for Stephen. <clears throat> I'm gonna close with this. You know, God wants to help you in your everyday life. He wants to come alongside of you and he wants to help you see things that you cannot unsee. What do I mean by that? You know, for me, uh, like I've seen too much. I've seen God's hand too many times to not believe in a God. (laughs) I've seen his provision when times where I'm like, I don't know how we're going to make it. And I've seen God supernaturally provide opportunities and blessings. I've seen too many people healed to not believe in a healing God. I, I, I've seen marriages restored where, man, they were literally divorced. She hates him. He could care less about her. I've seen God move on their hearts and literally be part of their remarriage and see them now on family trips together on Instagram and what they're doing for the kingdom. Like, I, I've seen too much. God wants you to see things you cannot unsee. He wants to hear you to hear things that you can't unhear. He wants it to be so real to you. It's like, I've seen too much to deconstruct. (laughs) Like, forget that. Like, deconstruct what? The the faith that God has established with his people for thousands of years? No. No. Instead, I'm going to build upon what he's handed me to build upon. I'm going to build upon the foundations that have been laid in this region. I'm going to build upon the the incredible inheritance that I've been given, the legacy by the pastors and the leaders that have gone before me, invested in me. I'm going to build upon that. Deconstruct what? No, I've seen too much. And my prayer is that you see so much, you're like, I can't go back. I can't go back to powerless faithless Christianity where you're just going through the motions I can't go back to that I I, I I can't go back to a time where I didn't walk in and just be in awe of the presence of God because man I've just seen so much I've seen too much God wants you to see things you can't unsee he wants you to hear things man you can't unheard I, I can't unhear the fact that he loves me that he cares for me that he forgives me I, I, can, I, I can't unhear that like it's 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 in it's in the very fiber of my being. I've seen too much. I've heard too much. So how do you live in the flow of the Holy Spirit? To recap, you pray in the Spirit daily, and you don't you know you don't have to like work yourself up into a frenzy. You know, like you know, some people. I, I when I was first saved, I went to this church and. And when, when you read about the day of Pentecost, like they took Pentecost to another level. They were very, what would be known as Pentecostal. Kind of freaked me out, to be honest with you. But it also intrigued me because I'm like, man, these guys are really passionate about this, you know. But some people, they would get going and they'd be like, da, 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 da they'd be screaming at the top of their lungs. They'd be like, whoa, yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I, I, I'm, I'm talking about living in the flow where you just pray. You're, you're on your way to work and you're. God, I don't know what this day holds. I pray that you, I pray that you'd show me. I don't know how to pray for my wife and my kids right now as they're waking up. Oh, God, that you would just bless them. I pray, fill them. God, I don't know what I don't know what to do this year in my life. Do I take a gap year? Do I go to school? Do I do ministry? You just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. So you pray in the Holy Spirit when you when you're up against a wall and you face a, a disappointing conversation or a diagnosis. Pause. Pray in the Holy Spirit. You want to live in the flow? Pray in the Holy Spirit. The second thing you do, you clothe yourself in love. God, I don't understand why that person hurt me. I don't know. I don't know if I understand why they, they said what they said and they seem to hate me. So I, I don't know what is going on. I'm going to clothe myself in love. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to bless them. I'm not going to choose to be offended. I'm choosing to love them. God, I release love over that person, I forgive them. you be a river just ask the Holy Spirit I yield to you today, will you help me be a conduit of your love, your grace your mercy, would you help me to encourage somebody today maybe if praying for a stranger is too much for you, how about just complimenting a stranger hey I I saw the way that you were talking to your kids man, you're a great dad you seem like a great, great father, oh thank you yeah, yeah. Wow, that barista at Starbucks. Can I just tell you, you are so good at serving people. Thank you for serving me today. I've watched you, how you're working with your coworkers. You're exceptional. You're probably one of the best workers here. Thank you so much. Maybe just encourage them. I'm telling you what. You're going to catch it. You're going to catch a fever for sharing the, whole, the the gift of God. You're going to be a conduit. You're going to be a river. You're going to catch a fever for sharing the love of God to people. And the more you do it, the easier it's going to become. And you start with what was a compliment. And they say, oh, thank you. And you begin to get into a conversation with them. And then the Holy Spirit's going to bring something up that they're going to share out of their life something that's going on, and it's going to come in the form of a prayer request. They wouldn't call it a prayer request, but what they're doing is they're setting it up for a prayer request. And the Holy Spirit's going to say, all right, this is what you prayed for. You want to be a river? Step into it, son. Step into it, daughter. And you say, you know what? You just shared that. I'm so honored that you would share that with me. Can I just pray with you about what's going on in your life? Can we just pray right now? Can I just pray for you right now? nine times out of 10, probably 99 times out of 100, that person is going to say, um, yeah. And then you pray for them. And let me just tell you, this is how you pray. When I when I pray for somebody, I just try to think, God, what's your heart for this person? What's your heart for this person? Don't get so automated that you just start going into prayer, praying, whatever. I just begin to pray for them. God, I see this. I see this man. He... Man, you bless them, Lord, with such an just an anointing to be a, an incredible dad and a husband and leader of men, leader of leaders, God. I thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for blessing him and filling him today. Whatever it is the Holy Spirit begins to lead you in, you just begin to pray that the heart of God over that person. I'm telling you what, you're gonna live in the flow. It's gonna be contagious. <laughs> you're not gonna wanna get out of the flow. If you want to live in the flow of the Holy Spirit, just stand to your feet. I'm just going to pray for you this morning. God, we want to live in your flow. We want to live in the flow of your Holy Spirit. God, we ask for your Holy Spirit. We want more of you, God, more of you. We pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit to just light a flame in our lives. I pray the fire of the Holy Spirit to share the love that we've received. The fire of the Holy Spirit To walk in boldness, that we would be transformed, God. We'd be transformed. Lord, we don't need to have all the answers. You have all the answers. So we lean into you, God, and we just ask you, God, would would you fall fresh? God, just like we read earlier in Psalms 5 verse 3, that, God, that we just lay out our lives on your altar. We ask for your fire to fall. We ask for your fire to fall. If you just want a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit today, if you're asking, you know what, Lord, I, I need more of the fire. I don't just want it, I need it. If you need more of the fire of God to fall in your life, just come to the front. Prayer team can come up front, but I just want you, you just come up by yourself, just you and God, have your own alone time. Nobody needs to pray specifically for you, but if you want prayer for anything specifically, man, we are here to pray with you. If you just want more of the fire of God in your life, just come to the front, come to the altar. You can stand, you can kneel, you can sit. Just take this time where you can just be uninterrupted. Just have a moment with God where you just wait on him and just ask for his fire to fall in your life. God, we ask for your fire to fall in our lives. Ask for a fresh fire this morning, oh God. I pray for a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit, a move of the Holy Spirit. Right now, God, that you would fall, that you would baptize us. I pray for a baptism of the Holy Spirit, fire of the Holy Spirit, move of the Holy Spirit, fall in this place. Fall on your people, oh God. Let your fire fall in this place today, God. Let your fire fall in this place today. Let your fire fall. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. The fire of the Holy Spirit is energizing you. There's fresh vision coming from the fire of the Holy Spirit. There's business ideas and concepts coming to you right now in Jesus' name. Sometimes you pray for supernatural provision and it doesn't always come in the form of a check. Sometimes it comes in the form of an idea. Some of you have businesses and business ideas that the Lord has put in your heart and your mind and he's giving you a platform and he's saying, now use it for my glory. Watch what I do. If you will put this in my hands, watch what I do through your hands. As I put this in your hands, oh God, I expect I receive what you want to do through my hands. If that's you, just if you're feeling that tug on your heart right now, just lift your hands up like you're receiving something from God. And he is just pouring it out right now. He's just pouring it into your hand. He wants to pour it into your hands and be a blessing through your hands. Watch what he will do when you give him that thing. When you place it in his hands, watch what he will do through your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at authenticoc.com.